Hello, and thank you for returning for another episode of Being Trans. Today's episode, we're going to talk about a minefield. Oh my gosh, I'm stepping into it this time. Eyes wide open, knowing I am going to say something that's going to peeve off somebody. But that's okay. I'm a big girl, and I can do it. So here we go. We're going to talk about today human sexuality. Bum, 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 bum. Most importantly, transsexuality. Yes, we're talking about the three-letter word that makes most Christians uneasy. And they run and hide because deep in their roots they're a Puritan more than they are a Christian. But think about that. Nah, we're not going to get into that rabbit hole. Okay, the reason I said I'm going to jump into a minefield is when I first told my dad I was trans, and believe me, this was not an easy thing to do, because um, my sisters had already outed me. Thank you. And I decided to tell my dad myself, even though that had already been blown way wide open. And I said, don't worry, dad, I'm still attracted to women. And he went, well, at least there's one good thing in this. And I thought to myself for, for a little bit. And I thought about the way he said it and what he said. And, I, and it's been sticking with me for a number of years. So as we jump into this minefield, and the person laying the mines in my minefield is my dad, let's... Go really deep. In my attempts to understand more about being trans, I really started to dig deep at what is and who am I as a trans woman? What makes me this way? I have looked at research articles over and over and over again. I've read white papers on MRI scans and cadaver tests and um, the Kensington scale. And oh my gosh, I have dived and dived and dived and come up with an interesting theory. What we know about human sexuality is a drop in the ocean. We really don't know a lot about it. We People who are stuck with their heads up their ass and ignore science believe there's only two genders. But even though the scientists have all said, nah, you're not exactly right on that. And in saying so, we need to acknowledge that I am going to be using a lot of science here. So if you're not ready for it, <laughs> you might want to not listen to my podcast. Now, as a trans person, when you first come out, you have known who you are attracted to all your life. You are, be it boy or be it girl, be it man or be it woman, you know who you're attracted to. Now, when you start HRT, hormone replacement therapy, it's going to screw with that. It's not a very big chance, but it is a 
big enough chance that you are going to go, what the heck? And it may only be a fleeting moment that that happens. But then again, it may not be fleeting at all. I can tell you why I'm attracted to women. I can tell you the insides and outsides of why I'm attracted to women. I can tell you that skinny women don't do it for me. Extremely overweight women don't do it for me. I have a specific body type that I am just like, oh, lordy, give me a fan and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm overly hot about it. And it, it's nothing to do with their personalities. They both are fantastic human beings. And I have some really gorgeous friends who are just drop dead hot. But I'm not sexually attracted to them. Okay, now if you're finding following that, when we come to the other scale, I have some friends who are just so perfect. Oh my gosh. Get me a fan. And for me, that attraction is 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 there. I know why I'm attracted to it. I know what turns my my motors and why I like them so much. And I can also look at the other two spectrums and say why I don't like them so much. But it doesn't mean that I'm not saying they're attract they're not attractive. They're just not sexually attractive. So you see the two differences there? Attractive and sexually attractive. Now, I have met some pretty ugly sexually attracted people. Because as soon as they open their mouth, I go click and it turns me off immediately. And I've met some skinny people who have been the same way. Open their mouth and I'm done. I'm out of there. But I've also met some skinny people that are like, they open their mouth and I just melt. But it's not really a prolonged attraction, I guess you could say. So in looking at that, that's an interesting way to look at my attraction to females. And I started thinking to myself, why? Why, are the, why is there a chance that when people start HRT, they can become attracted to the, to the gender that they weren't attracted to before HRT. So we'll use me as an example. Let, and I'm not saying it's true. I'm just using me as an example. We've already talked about who I'm attracted to. But I started looking at if I were to have experienced that full 30% chance, I fell into that bracket. 30% is what it is, that HRT can mess with that sexual attraction. Let's say I did fall into that 30%, and I started looking at men going, oh, lordy, get me a fan, which it hasn't. I do look at men, and I do know that men are attractive, and I do see them as either attractive or not attractive. And I do see their pluses and minuses and, and their shortcomings as well. And 
man, I, I've seen some guys who are really attractive and then all of a sudden open their mouth and I go, yep, no, 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 no way. Can't do it. <laughs> and I walk away. But I've seen some that I have gone, oh my gosh, you are just so attractive. And they open their mouths and they become even more attractive. But it doesn't make that them, to me, sexually attractive. So I started thinking to myself in my research of being trans, because I really have dug deep into this, and I don't know if any other trans person does this, but it's, it's kind of an obsession with me. I have to know why. And part of knowing why is knowing who and how you become attracted to people. And I started looking at men. Now, I'm going to be honest, I popped open Grinder. Grinder is a gay male app. Um, I'm not gay, but if you want someone that's attracted to trans people, you got to hit the certain right markets. Okay? It's just like if you're a little overweight and you want someone to be attracted to you, you have got to aim for the right markets. And when I started looking at that, I went, okay, let's just talk to men. Let's just talk to men as myself. All right. Let's find out why women and some trans women are attracted to men. I wanted to know. So I started looking and started asking questions. Why are you attracted to trans women? You know, what makes a trans woman so attractive to you? And, and I really started asking the hard questions on some of these individuals. And I don't think they were ready for, for you know, me on some of the conversations. Sorry, gentlemen. But I didn't pull any punches. And I didn't lie to them. I just said, look, you know, I am really here just to chat. And it wasn't trying to mislead them, catfish them, or even do anything else. I just wanted to make friends. And I found out that there are some interesting things. And, and a lot of women know this. And a lot of trans women, like myself, do not know this. I personally cannot, even as even when I was together with my last partner, never took a picture of my penis. It just was not the thing I could do, would do, wanted to do. It's it's not attractive to me. And the idea of men thinking that it's okay to send me pictures of their penises doesn't float my boat. I just can't. Don't like it at all. Don't send it to me. But there is a portion of men out there who think this is the way to attract a, a partner. They go, hey, 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 full flop, snap. And you go, hey, 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 you didn't read my bio. Don't send me dick pics. And then they go, oh, I'm sorry. I must have misunderstood. It's, it's only about four sentences. That's all you're given. So <laughs> how you misunderstood don't send me dick pics just kind of went right out the door. But then you look and you go, that's really not an attractive feature. 
And so I actually called him out on it. And I said, well, really, I wish you would have read it because now we start off on a foot that you probably didn't want to start off on. And they all go, oh. Yes, it's a turnoff for them because a lot of guys that are on Grinder are there to find someone to have a fling with that night. But I'm not. I'm actually there to probe my curiosity of attraction. I'm actually there to research what's going on and how a woman could be attracted to a man. And what makes that what makes that attraction? And I haven't found it yet. And I've been on there for a couple of weeks, and it's just not there. Um, there's no nothing wrong with the men. I, I mean, the, most of the guys that actually carry on a decent conversation have been quite lovely, but there's no attraction, and that's that's really. That that that's something that I sit just outside of that thirty percent, because I can find that men are attractive, but not sexually attractive. And if I was somewhere up into the ninety percent, I'd just be looking at going no 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 and no. But then I probably wouldn't be trans on top of that. So. Um, like I said, we really don't know a lot about sexuality and and gender in that ocean. But when I look at men, I want to engage their minds. I want to ask the simple questions. Why are you talking to me as a trans woman? What makes me attracted attractive to you? What is floating your boat? That you go, mm, that's something I want around me. And I've even asked the question, you do understand that somewhere along this line, I'm going to get gender-affirming surgery, and the penis is not an issue. Because it's not going to be there. And you have a few of the people I've talked to go, whoa. Oh, I didn't think of that. And they stop talking immediately. Or you'll get some that go, oh, I'm okay with that. Or you'll get someone that goes, yeah, so what? I'm here just to talk. And it's like, okay, so let's see where that goes. Um, and I have seen um, a significant drop-off of people that have decided to engage in conversations with me. And that's okay. I'm I'm not I am not making that the only um, group I'm talking to. I'm also talking to um, women as well. What makes it what could you be attracted to a trans woman? If so, if you're attracted to a trans woman, do they have to be pre-op or post-op? Could they be pre-op and then later post-op for you to be attracted to them? And I get a lot of interesting results, and a lot of interesting comments come back to me on it. And so I am quickly building that understanding of attraction based around being trans. 
it is a vastly different when you flip that coin over and you look at how you are responding to those attractions. Because like I said, I sit just a hair outside of that 30%. And as I started looking on that other side of that coin, I went, okay, so I know what floats my boat with women. And when these feelings started coming up and I started thinking, well, gosh, that man is just so hot. It's only happened once or twice. And so you have to face that understanding and in becoming and in, in being raised in a very religious household and ha- having to face that demon that exists there because it is a it, it's like a monkey that's on your back. It's almost like um, the addiction you never wanted. Um, you think, oh, gosh, you know, every Sunday I used to go to church and I used to go to church with my kids and my partner and then my partner stopped going and then i stopped going and you and you sit there and you think to yourself is some of my reasons for not wanting to be attracted to a man because it might be seen as gay because biological wise it is but mentally wise it's it's not and I, I tr- must say that you need to separate the two because the moment you don't separate the two is the moment you get back to that whole thing of it's just all make-believe. And science has already proved that that is right out the window. So any, like I warned, if you're a Bible thumper, you might not want to be here. Um and when we look at those attra- those laws of attraction, for me, I don't want somebody extremely fat. I don't want someone extremely skinny either. And have to be about five above five foot seven. Have to be maybe you know even five foot eight is pushing it for me. And brown hair and not feminine. But not extremely masculine. I don't want them to like. Well, hey, how you doing? You know, you're gonna go get me a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna find yourself with a foot straight up your fucking ass. Um, sorry for the swear. I won't do that for anybody. Not even another uh, another woman. If you talk to me that rude, you just are not gonna win any favors with me. And when I started to concern myself with the um, ideas surrounding this attra- this thought process of attraction, I started wondering why. Why do I want what I want in a man that is somewhat different but still the same in a woman? You know, I understand he's going to have a penis. She has a vagina. But there's a vastly different thought process when it comes to a man holding you versus a woman holding you. Women want to be held and sometimes like to do the holding. Where men like to do the holding, very rarely, don't look at being held. It's not their forte, it's not their package, it's not their 
thought process. And we're, I really also don't want to get into how people have sex. That's something that this isn't about. This is about me trying to understand the laws of attraction and the laws of attraction within being trans and how I can address my own set of feelings. How does this work with a doctor? Well, I talk to doctors all the time. Um, and we haven't brought this part of the subject up yet. So, and I think think in September, August or September, I'm doing another group of doctors, talking to another group of doctors. And I'm going to be um, having an open conversation with them about being transgender. One of the things I'm going to bring up is talking about sexuality and the laws of attraction. Because this is something that we don't talk about. My, I mean, it would confuse the living hell out of my doctor right now, my personal doctor. I'm educating him on being trans, and he's such a wonderful man. I have absolute um, five stars for this doctor. He listens. He learns. I give him a challenge. He goes out, and he finds his answer. I may not like his answer, but he goes out and does his homework. Now – as a direct result, what does that mean? Well, I don't know yet. And I don't know how the doctors are going to react either. Because it's going to be a challenge. And coming from my standpoint, when we when we talk, there it's usually an open uh, forum. There I speak, they ask questions, and I speak some more, and they ask questions, and, and we we keep going. And because I refuse to be the the standard lecturer who stands up there and gives them three hours worth of lecturing, and people walk out of there going, oh, "My head hurts." Now I want them to ask the questions. I want them to dive deep and look at how it is in life as being a trans woman. Now, I know that really we haven't covered a solution here because I don't have a solution yet. I am merely telling you that it's okay to have these changes. It's extremely distressing, believe me. Um, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more on the, the distressing side of this 30%. Because that 30% sometimes fluctuates. It can be a little bit higher. It can be a little bit lower. It all depends. And the hormones that are racing through your body, they play a part in that. And they, they play a huge part. Because, it, like I said, you if you fall within that 30% or you know within, that, within the air, margin of error, you could – it didn't exist there before the hormones. So the hormones racing through your body are now aligning with the brain that you that science has proved is mimicked well is a carbon copy of a female brain structure. So my brain and a female brain structure are the same. So now I have hormones that are in, that are coming in as well. And how they work in conjunction <coughs> and if they change that laws of sexual attraction and how do you go about dealing with that 
Now, it's not good or bad. It just is. So we're going to come back here in a moment, and we're going to talk a little bit about that that minefield that I stepped in on this conversation. And we're going to also talk a little bit about what makes certain people attracted to certain people. And, And I can explain it, and it might get a little graphic. And if you are... Um, squeamish around these type of conversations. Thank you for joining me on this first part. Next part might be that little bit more graphic that you may not want to stay around. But if you do, hey, thank you for staying around. We'll talk to you in a little bit. Have a break. Get a drink. Come back for the second half. Thank you. Hey, thank you for taking the time and listening to today's episode. I just want to say that it's really difficult to um, find work as a 50-year-old trans woman. Um, I have three children, and for me to continue to be a member of society, I have found different ways of making an income. I lecture, I write books, I write articles, and I do these podcasts, and I also have a blog. In the past, I've used such things as having membership drives through like GoFundMe and stuff like that. Um, But what I've done this time is I've gone to Patreon. That's www.patreon.com, Alina Robbins. So slash Alina Robbins. Sorry about that. It's you, the user who keeps me able to continue to do this. And for as low as $3 a month, I'm allowing you to do more than just support me in creating content in my different platforms. I'm also giving you the ability to read my latest books that I'm putting onto Patreon. So if you look at it, say 10 chapters down the road, you've purchased a book, $30. And you've not only done that, you've supported my blogging, my podcasting, my writing, my gaming with my children, which is going to be fun, you're doing a good thing, and you're allowing me to be a member of society that can pay you back as well. I appreciate your time, your energy, and your efforts. So once again, for as low as $3 a month, you can join me on patreon.com forward slash Lena Robbins. Thank you much. And I do appreciate you. So thank you for coming back for the second half of this. Like I did warn, this might be a little bit more graphic than you are actually ready for. So if you're not ready for that, please turn off now. Go away. Um, enjoy your cup that you made before sitting back down. If you're okay with a little bit of a graphic view and some talking about this, I think that we might be able to look a little bit deeper within ourselves. So as I said, I'm walking into a a landmine. Uh, I mean, not a landmine, but a field of landmines. Minefield. There we go. (laughs) And the person that laid these mines is my father. My mother was the person that created the mines. So as I walked into this field, I said earlier that 
you know, there is about a 30% chance that when you start HRT, your laws of attraction are going to change. Now, there is, with anything, a margin of error. And I sit within that margin of error. It's not a guarantee that all the time I am attracted to men. It just isn't. Majority of the time, I am, yeah, attracted to women. And when it comes to this minefield that I'm standing in, it's because my parents were so religious. I'm not sure if it would be such a, a scary place to be standing had my parents not been extremely religious. Um, would it be so bad as to be attracted to Bob and not always Jane? Would it be so bad as to all of a sudden wake up one day going, you know, I really want a guy to take care of me and I take care of him? Would it be so bad to be thinking that way? Now, when we come to this issue, I have some friends that are trans that are not attracted to women, but they're attracted to men. And they have wonderful relationships. And there is that essence of love. When we come down to this and why it's so scary and why being loved by another individual makes it difficult. Because like I said, my parents are very religious. They're Mormons. My sister is a devout Mormon. My other sister is like, yeah, I'm a Mormon, but I don't go. I don't do anything about it. I was that middle roader who always sat on the fence and couldn't always make my decision whether I wanted to be in the church or did not want to be in the church. And... For, and I knew I tried to be the good little church person, but it just didn't work for me. It wasn't something that was my bag of beans. And I'm not trying to be mean to anybody who is a church person or a Mormon or a Catholic or Hindu or anything. It's, it's your right to believe what you believe. Just don't interfere with my life. But in saying that, my life's always been interfered with. In my family, if you were gay, that's like, whoa, bad thing. So there's a minefield now in front of me. Because what would be, let's say I find a gentleman who is over the top in love with me, and I love him. Okay, this minefield that's now in front of me has been laid by others and it will weigh heavily upon me. And it will weigh heavily upon the relationship that I will have with this other individual. Because I have to adjust for that every time. And then when it comes to sex, sex is going to be different too. Because no longer is it, you know, penetrating someone else. Or not penetrating, I would be getting penetrated. And the struggles that exist around being trans um, would be that 
some of my upbringing has programmed in my head that if you do that with a man, you're gay. But biologically, you would be. But mentally, you're not. So it, it is a it is a struggle, and that thought process of of you know, whoop, wake up, here's morning wood, and it's not yours. Or whoop, you're Randy, he's not. Or whoop, he's Randy, you're not. And it also comes down to I understand now um, that when it comes to sexuality and estrogen. We're going to just use estrogen. We're not going to call it um, cisgendered or um, trans. Those that have a lot of estrogen in their system tend to need to have an emotional contact um, with that person before physical contact. There needs to be that that trigger for the most part. Then, and and this is generalized speaking. But it, it, it's been a, a vast different um, minefield since I went on HRT. I started looking at, you know, when, when I'm getting pictures of guys' penises, that just really is like, click, click, turn the light off, I'm going to bed. You, you just lost me. But when I'm talking to a gentleman and he engages my mind and he engages my thought processes – it's like, oh, that's really quite lovely. It's quite enjoyable. So, and, th and that's the same way with women. When I'm talking to women, it's like, wow, okay, that's quite lovely. That's quite enjoyable. Some people would call you bisexual, and look, at this point in time, I don't know what you'd call it. Right now, I am just trying to figure out what it is for myself. And how does it mean anything to being trans and having these unusual attractions that I've never had before? Like I said, when, when I started HRT, it was like I have a friend who is as camp as can be. Well, he's not really camp, but oh yeah, he's as camp as can be. Not attractive to me. Not in the least. And then I have another friend who is not very camp, but he's gay. Yep. But I didn't know it. In fact, when I first asked him, I said, so, you know, where's your partner? And he goes, what do you mean? I said, where's your wife or your girlfriend? And he's like, ha I'm gay. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Because really, I, unless this person is so camp, like my other friend, yeah, I'm, I'm just not going to get it. I really don't. And, you know, and I've watched a couple other things, you know, who is gay out of this lineup of people? And I go, well, that person and I'm wrong. You know, and I don't have that ability. And it's, it's just not there for me. Um, not that it's bad or good. It's just something that you have to learn with. I mean, deal with. And I don't quite get it. But I am just... It, it's trying to understand it. 
and trying to make sense of the idea of someone penetrating you. That is just not there for me. It's it's just not. And so there's that conundrum as well. And so you, you sit there and you have to face these things. These are realistic issues that every trans person at some point has had to face. And how do you understand your feelings and how do they work in conjunction with what you've always known? So let's say, you know, you're trans, but you've been attracted to men all your life. You start taking estrogen and flip, flip, you start being attracted to women. Okay, that's going to really mess up just like it's done to me. It's not a pleasant mess up because you don't understand it. You don't quite grab your feelings. But then there are those of us who are 100% always been attracted to men, will always be attracted to men, who are trans and still attracted to men. And that's okay. But like I said, I don't have an answer for it. But that thought of being cuddled, being told you're beautiful, being told that you matter makes a difference to me. And I've had quite a few um, on both sides of the fence, women and men say, gosh, you know, you really are beautiful. And I go, thanks, because I don't know how to handle that, that compliment. I didn't even know how to be told I was handsome when I was younger. It just was like, no, 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 this is not what I want. I am not this way. I am not this person that you're seeing. And as a trans woman, it's very much different. Now I have people tell me, oh, you're quite attractive. And I say, thank you. And I, I, I try not to blush and I walk away, but I don't really know how to handle it. And, you know, I've had men open doors for me and it's like oh okay thank you and it's it's nice when a man says you oh, let me get that for you and it's very distressing when a man goes let me get that for you honey i'm not your honey don't be calling me that and there goes the fingers in my mind i'm like you know and you you have to deal with this and it is a struggle for that respect. And it's something that we're learning for. But you still wake up in the night and you have dreams. Now, a lot of people have had dreams that are quite intimate. But when you're going through that 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 change due to the HRT hormone replacement therapy, your dreams get a little bit more vivid in certain areas and you're not ready for them. And dreams, dreams are vastly different as many of us know. They don't always mean that, you know, they always don't make sense. You could be the superhero, but you know you're not a superhero in real life. So, when you're having this dream of someone having their way with you and they're facing you and you have a vagina instead of a penis, 
it's a different set of feelings and it's an unusual dream and you do wake up and you do feel vastly different and you do feel that you're in that minefield and you've just stepped on a mine and you do feel guilty for it and it's not right it's not wrong it just is and it's something that has been put there by our parents um and in saying that it you you have to deal with that you're going to have to face that this is a reality for some of us some of us are lucky to not have that concern unfortunately i do and sometimes when i wake up with that from those type of dreams i'm like flustered i'm like oh oh my goodness um i normally don't like dreaming it's not my favorite thing in the world because I have some issues with PTSD and waking up from dreams that you think somebody's standing over you is not a pleasant feeling. It's not a pleasant feeling when you wake up in the cold sweats because you're scared to death. It, it's just not. So dreams I try to – I exhaust my body to the point that I sleep and I don't remember my dreams. Because having the type of memory system that I do, if I get a normal eight hours of sleep all the time, I remember my dreams quite vividly. And it makes it very difficult to carry on that next couple hours in the morning, especially if you've had a, a dream that is quite distressing. And we're not talking about the sexuality dreams. We're just talking about the PTS dreams there, PTSD dreams, where, you know, you're they're traumatic. They really are. And so when you wake up with these type of dreams, you're feeling guilty because of what happened to you earlier as a child or because of the PTSD, for, at least for me, okay? And so you, you, you have that religious conditioning that, that plays a part in your head. But then you've also been told all your life that, you know, God loves you for who you are. God will make everything perfect when you get to heaven. I've been told this so many times, I, my mind just explodes with, oh dear gosh, shut up. Because I don't believe it. Because my idea of perfect is not my parents' idea of perfect. It's not my – it was not my bishop's or my pastor, whoever you want to call him, idea of perfect. My idea of perfect was to go to heaven and have the body that I should have had. Not this one. You know, and, and some people – I get asked the question, if you could – would you not want to be trans? And I, I, I come to that question. I said, oh, gosh, yes, I would. But let me put a proviso in here. I'd rather have my complete body matching my mind. Not my mind matching my body. I'd rather be able to look at my body and say, yep, I am all natural woman. Instead of looking at my mind and saying, yep, I'm all natural man. And it, it doesn't work that way for me. So my idea of perfect does not match with everybody's. It doesn't even match with my parents. 
Because I'll guarantee you this much. If my parents had listened to this podcast, they would be going, oh my gosh, homosexual. Instead of, oh, you're trying to understand your sexuality and you're trying to help others understand their sexuality. Nope, the immediate switch would be homosexual. And if my sister listens to this, it's homosexual. It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter what I said, how I said it, or where I said it. I would always be deemed from this point forward as a homosexual. And that plays in your mind, and you can't turn it off. You can't switch it. You can't make it right. It just is, and it's very annoying. It's very heartbreaking at the same time. You don't want to be different. You want to be normal. You want to be just like everyone else, but we can't. We're just trans. And when it comes to our sexuality... That's a whole nother ball game, which each and every one of us wrestle with. And it is very difficult to come up with the answers. I don't have mine. And I know quite a few others who don't have theirs. So where do we go from here? Where is my research going to take me? Well... To be honest, I don't know. I've been asked on a few dates, and I've turned them all down. Because I'm not one that leaps into anything. I've done that far too many times in my 49 years that I am done with leaping. I'm not going to leap into anything anymore. I'm going to take my sweet-ass time and figure out what's going on. And I'm going to make the best choice I can based on an educated view of what's going on. And nothing may happen. I may never find another person to be with, male or female, because I am very picky. <laughs> I'm so very picky. Um, and, and it's not anything bad. I, I really must stress this. I really have um, no hard feelings for anybody, including my parents who really started this whole minefield. You know, they did what they had to do based upon their belief structure. And um, how... They feel it's right. And I don't want to – yeah, I don't want to um, – I don't want to single anybody out on this. I just really want to try to understand it. And if that leads me down the road of being attracted to being someone's wife as a woman and a man, that's fine. If it brings me to being equal partners with another woman, well, that's okay too.
you know, it's just something we're going to have to explore. And maybe I'll come back to this topic at a later date and we'll look at this. But for right now, I'm doing research. I'm trying to understand why my mind thinks like this. And, you know, there was... Um, there was some fascinating um, research I found here a couple of days ago that I've dug into quite heavily, and I'm still digging into it, and I still want to know more before I'll even start explaining it to others or trying to boil it down to a layman's term so anybody could understand it. Um, which, believe me, scientists do not do that very well. You know, you have like... A couple of well-known scientists who can do it, and they're on TV. Like Bill Nye, you know, um, Neil deGrasse, you know, Neil Tyson deGrasse. These guys are, are fantastic individuals who can talk to the general public. But generally, when you read this stuff, it's like, you're just doing, oh my gosh, I've got to read this the fourth, the fifth. I end up reading them like 20 times before even I grasp the whole understanding. The whole idea around the MRIs and the cadavers, the MRI research that I read oh, took me a month of reading over and over and over really to get a full grasp of what they were talking about because there would be a little offshoot and I'd have to go find that offshoot, that research paper, read that all that research paper and then that would have a link to another paper and I'd be reading that one. The cadaver one blew my mind. That was just a whole nother thing. That took about six months of my life chasing that tree. And I could chase some very big rabbit holes in this stuff. But like I said, we don't know where this is going. And I don't want you to think anything other than what it is. Right now it's a research project. It's trying to understand more about being trans. Because being trans is not an easy path. It is not something that we... Just one day wake up and go, holy shit, I'm going to put on a dress. It doesn't work that way. It never started that way. None of us started that way. We one day started to realize that that doesn't look right and I don't like it. And I'm not happy with it being there. Or I don't like the way I'm feeling. I don't like how my skin feels. It comes to these feelings that we try to understand and we're trying to grasp. Some of us just accept that that's the way it is. And I'm not that type of person. I want to know. And it will drive me crazy until I do. I will look for the answers. And I may not find them. I may. It's kind of exciting. And it floats my boat. It's something I enjoy doing. You know, I've learned a lot in the last five years about being trans that most people don't know. That, like I said, I talk to doctors. They don't know it either. Um, and, you know, you, you sit there and you, you think to yourself, okay, is my mental health also affected by being trans? So you go down that path and you start looking that way. And this part of the sexuality is, okay, is my sexuality and my sexual attractions manipulated by an outside source being the HRT? And if I stopped the HRT, would that stop 
and revert to what I had beforehand. See, this is part of the questions because when you start up HRT, it plays with your whole body. It's going to play with not only your your penis growth is gonna is possibly going to return your um, your um, testosterone levels will rise. Your hair will start to grow in places you didn't like it in the first place, um, and I still don't like it in the second place. And and you're going to go back through that phase of what's called detransition and something I will never do. I am not interested in returning to what I once was um, that I tried to pretend so long. Um, I'm trans. I deal with it. It's a lot of new discoveries, a lot of eye opening and a lot of interesting developments and amazing discoveries and i hope that as we continue listening you continue listening to me on being trans topic i hope that you can enjoy what i have to say i hope that we can learn something together um and i hope that we will come to a point where we look at being trans a little bit differently than what we have ever in the past so once again, thank you. Thank you for being there for me. Thank you if you've taken the time and had a look at my Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Alina Robbins and joined up. Um, thank you if you're just listening to my podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you if you're reading my blog. I appreciate that. Um, if you're even going to my YouTube and are one of the 46,000 views that have viewed some of my videos. Thank you. I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope that together we have maybe touched on some ideas and we've both grown. Have a lovely day and we'll talk to you later. Bye now.